Welcome to the Daily Decision Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to men, men who are tired of chasing and finding emptiness, men who want to find true fulfillment in everything they do. In this podcast, you will learn to achieve success in the key areas of your life, physically, emotionally, in family, and in business. Remember, it all starts with a decision. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Daily Decision. I'm your host, Michael Chabot. Today we have the pleasure and honor of having a great friend of mine, Luke Hartelist. He's born in Sydney, Australia. You guys are going to love his accent. He left school to pursue an apprenticeship, then moved into the resources industry where he worked underground, surface mining, and oil and gas. Never satisfied and always in the pursuit for more, he looked to the States and California lifestyle and opportunities. I love that. He relocated to California in 2016 at 27 with nothing but an idea and a business partner. They worked their way through all adversity they faced and opened up one of the one of 10 first F45 training locations in the United States. And every year since, they've opened another in a different city. They now own and oversee three locations with a team of 30. Their latest project, R. BP, results-based programs, is set to be the leader in virtual coaching globally. His focus is to build exciting companies and experiences that allow him to impact and coach individuals' business strategy, lifestyle optimization, and human potential. Guys, this one's going to be a lot of fun. Please help me in welcoming Luke Hartelist. What's up, my man? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing real well. You know, we, had, we actually had some really good conversation before we got started here today. Um, but I want to ask you this question before we get started, which is, and I, I, I'm really looking forward to your answer is when someone finds out what you do or where you're from, what's the question yeah. they always ask you? Oh, that is a, that's a great question. Um, what do you, how did you get here? Mm. You know, like, how are you here is a, is a really big question or how are you doing that? Because it's such a if if you have an idea of how hard it is to relocate to the united states um legally as a foreigner and do business uh it's a really it's a it's a pretty big feat so when people you know, kind of i say you know i own and operate uh, multiple fitness studios in in cali and i've been here for over four years now um that's kind of the first thing they're like wow how did you manage to do that like how are you how are you legally here how are you doing that so it's a, it's a process it's definitely a process yeah. So let's talk about that. Cause I love your story. You know, you're, you, you're from Australia. Where in Australia are you from? I'm from Sydney originally. Uh, I was born in Sydney, um, mostly from the central coast, New South Wales, which is a couple of hours North of Sydney, um, beautiful area. And it's just all kind of coastal beach town. So not as much going on there as here. And there's definitely not as many people. I mean, the, the population of, Australia in general is about 20 to 23 million. And that's what population we have here in LA. So yeah. it's a, uh, it's a complete uh, eye opener when you come here. That's for sure. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. I think we probably have more people in, in California than, than in all of Australia. I didn't realize that. Yeah. hundred percent. That's cool. So let's go back, you know, so you're, you're living in Australia and I think when you and I met face to face, didn't you live or work at some point in somewhere in Asia? Was it Thailand? You worked somewhere, right? So when, 
uh, this, that was prior to uh, me coming here. So mm -hmm. I had, uh, I can start from the start and kind of just reel yeah, in please. where it is if you want to. Yes. Um, so I, yeah, obviously I left school, as you said, very early at 16. And then I moved, did a few apprenticeships and then I moved into the resources sector um, which is like underground diamond drilling uh, and then surface blasting and then all the way through to like, I ended up working offshore on the oil rigs. And I started in Singapore and then moved through to an offshore rig in Australia. But it was good in a sense where it was 28 days on, 28 days off. Mm. So it was um, by no means what I wanted to do with my life. But obviously the money is, is very appealing. And also the lifestyle where you get, you work six months of the year and you basically get paid for a full year's wage. Um, and in oil and gas, that wage is significant enough to be able to allow you to do whatever you need. So, but on my months off, I would move, uh, sorry, I would fly to Thailand and I would fly um, to a place called Shalong and it's a, and it's a, it's a town in Phuket on the island of Phuket and long story short, this island is, uh, sorry, this place is unreal. I've still to this day have never been to a location that's as motivating as this place. So there was one street where I used to stay and it was all like fitness facilities, CrossFit gyms, strength and conditioning gyms, Muay Thai gyms, little boutique resorts like cute little boutique resorts and all the cafes um there would cater to your training and your dietary like your dietary needs um mm. there was a lot of fighters a lot of ufc fighters a lot of big time mma fighters and crossfit athletes and bodybuilders that would come through there um but as that's as time went it was, it, it just grew into this hub for people to come all from all over the world and do like fitness retreats and, you know, either be there to lose weight or to prep for a comp or to, you know, to get fitter or to compete um, in, in kickboxing. So it was, it was unreal. It was just such a motivating area. And uh, I ended up going back and forth from there the entire time I was on the rigs, which was about, you know, 18 months. Mm. Um, yeah. That's a great story. So is this how you got into fitness and bodybuilding or were you always into it? It's, it's how I, how I got into it professionally, so mm. to speak. So I had played football when I was young and all through high school, I played rugby and I had always trained. Like I had trained from the time I was kind of able to and, uh, and moving to Thailand, you know, doing those swings in Thailand, all I was doing was training and, it was awesome, man. I would get on my scooter in the morning, go for a swim, come back, have some food, train, eat, lay by the pool, train. So, but, uh, but what happened there was I, there was a gym called where, where my actual, my now business partner, um, he was one of the founding coaches there, but where he, and where he worked and, it was, and it's a phenomenal facility. Um, and it's called unit 27 on the mm. soy there. But what they created was this, insane camaraderie and culture and community and brand um, with all these, you know, big, really well programmed out group classes. And that's kind of where I fell in love with this concept of, you know, being able to build something like that, that has that community sense and that has a, a branding um, where people can come in from all over the world and get an amazing experience network 
and then grow and collaborate with, with other individuals in the space. So that's kind of where I fell in love with it and just kept going uh, back to the soy there. And, and I, my business partner and I eventually, you know, we, we had been there for a while. He was permanently there and I was flying back and forth from the rigs, but we looked at the market and we saw a gap in the market and which was for hot yoga actually. And so instead of just uh, kind of leasing a space and building, building out a studio, we, we had an opportunity to lease a block of land on the same street. And this street's a very famous street right now. It's I've watched it grow over the last, you know, six, seven years into something pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and so we actually leased a block of land which had kind of a concrete pad on it. And then we designed and built our own studio and it was a hot yoga studio. It was beautiful. Um, and it, that was a, in itself was a really good experience doing that. However, like, you know, being naive, also doing foreign business for the first time, um, not having any business experience again, like I left school at 16. So this was my first crack at it. And, um, the the model that we used was not one where we were going to be operating it ourselves and coaching ourselves. I wasn't a yoga coach, neither was my business partner. So we wanted to hire a team and hire management and train them and then have those guys operate it and us oversee um, the day to day. So long story short, it was a flop. It was a, mm. it was a complete flop. Um, and, but I, you know, I learned a lot of things about what not to do what not to do initially and, and how to, you know, what it's actually going to take to really build out a concept from scratch, you know, build out a team properly, build your systems and your processes and all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, again, operating in a foreign country. So that was the yeah. first crack and it flopped. You know, what I love about that is that nobody wants to fail, but you know, this is that we learn most from our failures, right? Cause success feels good. When you fail, it's yeah. like, ouch, all right, let me figure out what went wrong so that doesn't happen again. But I want to go back. Here's what I love, right? You leave school at 16. You don't have any formal business training, but you just, I, I'm guessing that you always had the entrepreneurial spirit inside you, right? Just that calling, right? And that's really what it is. Would you agree? Yeah, it's, it came from a long string of like not being satisfied with what I was doing until, it's funny you say that, I literally... And you know how you have those pinnacle moments throughout your life and you're just like a thought or something. And I, I can still remember I was on the rig and I was like, what is my problem? And then it came to me. I was like, I, I figured it out. And it was that I can't, I don't want to work for anybody else. And that was, that was a pinnacle moment. I was like, that was before I opened this, the, the hot yoga studio. And I was, I was set to be on the rigs. My plan was another six years. Right. And, I just found myself, you know, again, not liking the, the environment and not wanting to, to pursue that any longer. And I was like, okay, what is it? Cause it had everything that I wanted at the time. It had good money. I was single. So I didn't have anyone at home that I wanted to go back to. I was traveling the world. Uh, and it was just like, boom, that's it. It's like, I, I don't want to work for anyone else. I want to build my own kind of my own path and lay my own pathway and make my own mistakes and, and go from there. So that was a pinnacle moment. And then that's when I thought, you know what, I'm going to get myself off these rigs by, you know, investing in businesses and building out some, some concepts and doing some real estate and all that sort of stuff. And that Phuket hot yoga, that was the first. <clears throat> and I love that. And I'm guessing that you didn't just, you didn't sit there and, and 
overanalyze it and say, how am I going to do it? You're like, I want to do it and I'll just figure it out one step at a time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be a pattern with me actually. <laughs> so, but I think it's a great way to learn. Um, me too. We, uh, we kind of came up with a concept and I, like I saw, we saw the gap in the market. I, uh, I had a, a really good idea for how I wanted it to look and how we wanted it to run and all that sort of stuff. And same thing. I'd never leased land in, um, in a foreign country before, but luckily one of my business partners had already been through that process as well. So we used some contacts that we already had, which helped, but same thing, man. It was just like, let's pull the trigger and we learn as we go. You know, you don't, you don't always have to have everything figured out. Um, and you know, you, you make it up as you go and you learn, you make mistakes. And if everything's on the line, when you make those mistakes man, you learn, you learn quick. Yes, you, know? you do. Yes, you yeah. do. So yeah. talk to me. I, I love this story. Um, I, I can envision this beautiful studio that you guys built in this absolutely gorgeous location. So it fails, it goes belly up. So what happens from there? Like, how do you regroup first and first of all? And then yeah. what do you guys say to each other? Like, here's our next plan or what happens? That's, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so it was, it was failing. It hadn't completely tanked yet, but I could see the direction it was going. I was still, you know, I was four weeks on the rigs and then I was four weeks in Thailand um, and like we could see that the model that we had w wanted to work with and build wasn't going to work. And it's tough when you're in a, uh, more of a, a holiday-ish location where mm. to get solid people that are actually going to buy into the business and, and, and grow it on your behalf. Like that was one of the first lessons I learned. It was like, no one's going to do that for us, no matter how much you give them or no, no matter how much you want them to, it's, no one's going to do it like you are. Yep. Um, and once we realized that it was like, okay, shit, this business model actually isn't going to work. So I saw that I realized it wasn't going to get me off the rigs. And by this stage, I was like, I've, I've got to get off these rigs. Like I have to get off these rigs. So I was like, okay, what's next? And um, start, we started looking at, at fitness concepts and tossing and turning up whether to you know create our own brand and, and, and programming and concept and build out our own um brand and community or or looking into a franchise and when we when i when i was making this decision uh f45 in australia this was at its kind of its stage where it was at massive growth and it mm. was blowing up and what uh what ended up happening is i've started looking into the franchise and um after a few inquiries you know had the conversation with with them and my business partner and it was like what about f45 he had already looked into it um and and we were like you know let's 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 dig deeper and, and see if what, what what could happen because at the same time we were in the very similar mindset and i'm really lucky to have had a partner that you know, has the same like driving mindset in that um, kind of retrospect as me is like, you know, this is what we want to do. We're not going to take no for an answer until we get it done, you know? Yeah. And we were, we, we didn't want to go back to Australia. So mm. it was like, we, I could have packed up, went back home, opened up a gym in my backyard, got all my mates there very easy, you know, but I was looking for something that was going to completely change my life. Like I was looking for another adventure um, you know, a whole massive challenge, something that hadn't been attempted by kind of anyone in my circle before, something that I knew was a huge stretch, um, but I knew 
you know, I had, I have a lot of belief in myself and um, I knew that whatever I, you know, sunk my teeth into, I'd be able to make successful. So we, we looked at F45 and then we had two options that we kind of went for. And it was one, we started looking in Dubai actually as well. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. Very random location. But if you know Dubai at all, it's 85 at the time. Anyway, this may be wrong now. But it was 85% expats um, and also tax-free US. Mm-hmm. So we were looking at Dubai and then we were looking at uh, California. And I hadn't ever been to Cali or Dubai, actually, to be honest. I hadn't been to that either, either places. <laughs> Um, but I was going off, uh, you know, recommendations and, and the conversation that I had had with, with Ed. So we, we were looking and doing a lot of due diligence and a lot of research and, uh, long story short, couldn't make the decision. I just couldn't make the decision. Um, and I was, you know, after weeks of kind of sleepless nights, I was, it was, it was 3am. I remember it was 3am and it was Christmas morning randomly, believe it or not. And. I had got up out of my villa in, uh, in Shalong and rode my moped down to the, this beach, um, uh, Nihan beach it's called, it's a beautiful beach. And anyway, so I, and I just cut laps on that beach until the sun came up. And I said to myself, I was like, this is where I'm going to make the decision. I'm not leaving here until I make the decision where we're going to go. Right. And I literally was running up and down the beach. Um, and it kind of it hit me then, and I've told this story a few times, but it's so significant this part because it's it was the turning point for a lot of my decisions, and it was like I am very heavily motivated uh, about with lifestyle, and mm. that guides a lot of my decision making. You know, my, dollars and cents is great. I always, you know, obviously here to to create success, but create success around a lifestyle that I want. And it hit me then, and it was like lifestyle. It was like Cali is definitely going to be a better lifestyle than Dubai, and it's going to be everything that I wanted. And I had done a lot of research so that I knew, you know, if you wanted to, if you were young, you wanted to network, you wanted to create success, you wanted to have, you know, a, an amazing lifestyle to come along with that success and build a really cool story and meet a lot of people. Um, that are going to allow me to kind of elevate my my individual growth and my personal growth as well, then California, Southern Cali anyway, was the location. And yeah. man, it's uh, I definitely, um, definitely don't regret the decision. Well, and I, it definitely resonates with, you know, you come from Australia, beaches, right? You were spending a lot yeah. of time on the beach in in Thailand. And so it makes a lot of sense. Talk to me about the one thing that I'm noticing is that in everything you've done, you've been, you were, you were, you're still a young guy, but as your younger self, you were a very critical thinker, self-motivated and driven. I mean, is that, did you, were you always that way? Is it something you built through habits? Did you have a mentor? Yeah. Um, I honestly, that's always been my mentality. Um, I've always just been in the pursuit to live a the, my life to the absolute fullest you know mm-hmm. and to always see what my potential is and always push my potential and and of course the the potential of others around me as well um and when it come when it comes to mentors i really took on the uh the notion to utilize mentors when i came to the states 
um, and not having any business, previous business experience, that has been, uh, and still to this day, um, is a huge part of, you know, the, the very small success that I've seen so far, but just in my day-to-day um, personal growth as well. It's, it's that power of a mentor is huge. Yeah. So I want to, I want to kind of go, I want to take the listeners into the process. So you decide to come to California, you guys get here, right? Yeah. You probably don't have a lot of money. You just have a dream. I mean, so had you struck a deal with F45 to open here or? We, yeah. So we had, uh, we had gone back and forth on uh, where we were going to potentially open. Um, And originally we we were looking at, you know, taking as many franchises in San Diego as possible. Um, that kind of all changed once we got here. So when we got here, we just had pretty much an open slather as to whatever franchise we wanted because there was only one um, open in Cali at the time and that was in Santa Monica. Okay. So we could pick any territory and we could open anywhere as long as it fit within the franchise guidelines, which was really cool. However, I had never been here before, not once. And, uh, and Evan had been here a couple of times, but not on a, you know, a, a company a business research kind of operation. So we just started in LA and we just did research in LA County and then Orange County and San Diego County. And, you know, by research, I mean, we landed, we gave ourselves two weeks. Um, and in that two weeks we were, the, the, the idea was to, it was to set up the company, um, onboard an accountant, um, network and find a, a good commercial real estate agent who could, um, then find spaces for us and help us negotiate on the spaces. And then, uh, it was to, once we had done that, it was to then, you know, initiate negotiations on the franchise and then come back home and do all the correspondence from there. Mm. Um, not happening. Definitely wasn't <laughs> happening. We, we got 10 days into it. You know, we, we did a lot of groundwork, you know, 10 days in, we had looked at multiple spaces. We had met, you know, we had the company set up, we had the accountant ready to roll. And we also had um, a commercial agent work on our behalf, but by no means were we in a position to be able to go, okay, that's enough. Now we can do everything remotely. Um, so we, I, yeah, I remember we were sitting in the car in, in Santa Monica and we looked at each other and we were just like, look, this is not going to happen if we go home. We've got four days left. This isn't going to happen. Um, and so we basically from there, we just canceled our flights mm. and we canceled our flights on the notion that, you know, once we had done all of this uh, negotiations and we had nailed down the space, we were then either going to go home or, um, depending on our financial situation, we were actually going to go to Vegas. And uh, that's a, that's a whole nother part of the story. That I'll get. <laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was, it was a big decision we made and it, it allowed us to then go and concentrate on doing a lot more research. And we honestly, we negotiated on a huge amount of real estate and we ran into the same problem every time. It's like, well, I was, I'm 27, you know, Ed was 28 and we're here, you know, walking into these places, you know, and these, these rents are expensive because they're in pretty exclusive yes. uh, territories. Right. And it's Cali and the owners of the space would, you know, not really believe that we were serious, but we would be able to get the negotiations to a point and they would always come to a halt, you know, because we didn't have any credibility. 
you don't have credit, you know, in financially on paper, we don't exist in the, in the United States. Yeah. Um, and at that stage we didn't have visas either. We just had holiday visas, which allowed us to, you know, set up business, but not actually allowed us to operate. So we didn't have any tangible, um, proof, you know, but I'm guessing you just said, Hey, it's not going to stop us. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And that's, that, that was the mentality that we held the entire time. It's like, we, we, you know, we made the decision together that we were going to come here and actually execute this. And we had invested time and, you know, by two weeks we had invested a lot of money already because of the, the travel and expenses that we were incurring um, and the, uh, the attorney fees and all that sort of stuff. So we were like, we're in this, we're going to make this happen. There's going to be a lot of hoops to jump through. There's going to be a lot of punches thrown. Um, and we're just going to have to roll with them and go through it and persevere. And we did, man. And but it got to the stage where we were, we, we hadn't got a deal done. We looked at, you know, so many pieces. Of real, I, I don't know how many, you know, 50 to a hundred pieces of real estate. Wow. Um, that's all we did all day, every day for 12 hours a day was driving around to different pieces of, uh, of real estate in different towns and look at the demographic that was there and see the competition that was there. And, uh, and we ended up, you know, we ended up na nailing down two different locations here, which was great initially. Um, and that was one in Huntington beach here in Southern California and the other one was in La Jolla mm. and they were both great spaces, um, had, you know, minimal build out, which is what we needed because we had, we were low on funds, you know, we didn't have a huge amount of capital it was, sure. it was him and myself. So we, uh, once we had these two spaces nearly to the point where we were agreeable on the LOI, the letter of intent, we, had a, a mutual friend. We had a mate that, that owned a club crawl company in Vegas. And, uh, I had, again, I had never been to Vegas, right? So this is my first time in the States. And, um, he had always said to Abby, he was like, if, if you ever, if you ever come to the States and you need work, come and see me. So mm. anyway, long story short, we had to, we, we didn't go home. We couldn't go home at that stage as well. We knew that there was too much on the line. Um, and, but if we went to Vegas, we were very close. We could come back to Cali at any time but we could, we could do all negotiations and do the, all the fine print from there. So we went to move to Vegas and started selling party tickets on the, on the street. Um, That's awesome. you know, where, yeah, which was, which was an, a huge experience in itself. You know, it's just, it was a massive eye opener for me. I'd never been to Vegas before and I was not aware of what the, the immense, <laughs> you know, immensity of the whole place was and the amount of people that come through there on a day to day and the amount of just, you know, it, the, the sheer size of the place and what actually um, has gone into building that place into what it is, you know, like mind blowing. It blew my mind. And anyway, it, it was, it was a good time. It was, um, it was a huge learning curve as well. Like we were on the, sitting on the street um, in groups selling, party tickets, basically club crawl tickets. And we would be, you know, pitching people all day for six to eight hours, pitching people. And the amount of rejection that we got was unbelievable. Like, mm. you know, it's, it's hard to cop that amount of rejection and just continue on. Like some days we would make money and other days I'd be standing out there and I would make nothing, you know? And it was an, it was necessary because if we continued without earning anything, then I would have spent all my capital. Um, because it's, it is expensive and we're on the Aussie dollar, 
and the Aussie dollar at the time, and it's actually worse now, but it's uh, the Aussie dollar at the time was like, yeah, it was like 0.69 mm. or 0.7 or something. I think now it's like 0.64 or something. It's quite bad. But yeah, yeah so we had to do something. Um, and that was, that was a good experience too. It, learned, it taught us a lot. It taught us, you know, the power of um, consistency and, and that, you know, just how to handle rejection really. And it really just transferred straight on to when, we were selling our, our gym memberships, you know, there was no um, hard feelings and rejection. We just learned how to over, overcome these objections very quickly. Mm. And uh, it, we became very uh, well kind of conversed in conversations, in sales conversations anyway. Yeah. What I love is, God, so much good stuff there. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on and on. I'm just, I'm trying to give no, it a, I mean, it's, take it's, a breath. For for listeners, I think the coolest thing to hear, whether you're young or old, is like you guys had a dream and you're willing to do whatever it was. You're like, all right, hey, we got to go to Vegas now. We're going to sell tickets to pub crawls, you know. And, yeah. But what I love is while you're doing it, you get amazing sales training, right? Overcoming rejection is normal in sales every day. And some people yeah. just can't deal with constant rejection. And here you're just, you're pushing through it. And I love it because you don't even realize you're getting the training while you're getting it. And then when you open your gym and now you've got to sell memberships, it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. no doesn't mean and no. It just means not right now sometimes. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, not only that, it was, it was, you know, one for the experience to, you yeah. know, like we moved there, we lived in Vegas for a couple of months. We grew our network even more. Um, and where, you know, I, I actually, one of my, I met one of my business, two of my business partners, they work for the same company. They now are business partners in uh, my other two facilities as well. So That's cool. we, it, we grew our network. We grew yeah. our, our close circle um, and we got a lot of support from the people that we worked with. So when we, when it finally came time um, to open our first location, which, we, which was La Jolla, we ended up having the entire team from uh, the company that we were working for flew out from Vegas to California to help us open our, open our gym and, and sell uh, memberships at our grand opening, which was That's phenomenal, awesome. you know? So, um, and it's just goes to show again, like the amount of support that you get from, from being here and, and having a crack is, is unreal. And when you meet people that are in similar positions and um, you know, you just connect. I love that. And, and the lesson is if you lack resources, you got to get resourceful. Yes. And that's what 100%. you guys did. Yeah. Such a great story. All right. So, and those of you listening outside of California, La Jolla is down in San Diego County. It's kind of like the Beverly Hills of San Diego. It's, it is one of the best communities I've ever been in. It's yeah. like the, it is like the Beverly Hills of San Diego, but with this really um, deep family orientated mm. feel, I would say, you know, and it's, it's awesome. It's, it was sheer, I'm not going to say it was luck. Like we, we got there when we got to La Jolla and mind you, this is like, this is on the last bit of our, our operations where we were looking for the space and we got to La Jolla and I was like, wow, yeah. this place is unreal. Not only was it beautiful, but it had more competition for fitness concepts than in any town I had seen yet. It was mm. wild. It just on our block, where F45 La Jolla is, there is seven fitness concepts. That's how many fitness concepts are in this whole town. It's wild. Wow. They go and they come and go out of business quite quickly there though. So, mm. but a lot of people get 
um, you know, a little bit disheartened when they see that amount of competition. But for us, it was more like that if the, if the competition's there, that means the clientele's there. And we just have to make sure that ours is the standard, you know, ours is the a cut above the rest and um, that we are, you know, the number one facility in the area. Um, and so when we, when we realized that that's when we went for it and we had those two kind of going simultaneously. And it was, as I said, it was a little bit of luck because whichever one we were allowed to, uh, we could get the agreement done on first is where we were actually going to go. So the Hoyas came through and mate, I am so glad that, uh, that we got that space because that was a game changer being in that community and, and building that out to be successful quite quickly um, changed everything. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of influential people in our community and they took notice of, of the way we operated and, and how we built and scaled that place um, relatively quickly. So, you know, that gave us the means to actually buy and purchase the other, the other two studios. So very happy. Very, uh, very. That's such a great story. I, I love it. And, you know, F45 isn't your typical gym, right? It's a little bit different. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, I mean, F45, as I said, originally, like they grew so fast in Australia and they always directed their concept and their marketing to the American market. Right. Mm. But what they, what they capitalized on was the gap in Australia. So, in Oz, there was big box gyms and then there was CrossFit gyms. There was no hip facilities, really, unless it was yoga and Pilates. So they, they saw that gap. They created a concept that allowed people from – it was based in Sydney. So they were really kind of looking at corporate, like how can people that go to work at, you know, 6, 7 a.m. and then they have a lunch break and then they don't leave until 6, 7 p.m. at night, get an efficient workout in and still get results. Now, these guys – they created a, a, a really fast-paced, hit, exciting mm. program that was 45 minutes and that allowed people to go in and out. So they would run classes on the hour uh, every 45 minutes or every hour, just back-to-back -back most days. And then if you're in Sydney, these things are chockers. Like people will come in straight on their lunch break, work out, get changed, have some lunch, and then go back to work, you know? Nice. And it created this really... Um, really cool community of, of people that started really hyping about this concept and this brand and they utilized social media marketing so well when it was very young in Australia at that time and they just capitalized on it but they built it for the US you know they tested the market in Australia blew up um, and then we we opened the fifth one in the United States wow. in, in La Jolla so it was a challenge just in itself with that um, the, you know, the, the logistics was, was pretty tough. The correspondence was hard. You know, there wasn't a, there wasn't a HQ or anything here in the States like there is now. So there was, there was HQ was in Sydney. We were corresponding with everything in Sydney and all the uh, equipment was coming over from different parts of the world as well. So mm. it was, it was tough, you know, it was, it was, it's definitely come leaps and bounds. Obviously the, the company's huge now. Um, and there's around 2000 globally. So Awesome. These guys are—they're doing really well, and it's a—you know—it's been a great platform um, to come over and be a part of, and a really, really good decision when it comes to. I get this question quite a bit, and uh, sorry if I'm blabbering on, but I'm just going to no, keep rolling. <laughs> um, 
is why did I buy a franchise? Mm. And, you know, when I started out, mate, building our own concept, um, and why did I then switch and then go into a franchise? And there's a, there's a couple of reasons, but it's, it's mainly because the franchise has everything that you need to then build upon. So they have the base level, right? And then you come in and create the standard and your own systems and processes and, and, uh, and way of doing things. But what they give you is the base level, which is the really hard thing to build out. Mm-hmm. And going back to the decision to not wanting to go back to Australia and just opening something in my backyard and being satisfied to moving to a, across the other side of the globe to a country that I had never been to, let alone, you know, trying to do business in, um, we, I knew it was a, a better decision to go into a franchise model because you had the support, you had the systems, you had the branding. Um, although when we came here, not one soul in the country knew what F45 was, um, that made it a little tough, but it was a good decision in that retrospect because what we did was we took their model, we took the concept and everything and we built it and we set our standard for the way we wanted to operate and we used it to be able to build a network and to really, you know, build a network of, of people and the idea is where they can kind of grow, connect and, and collaborate on more than just a fitness scale and more than just, you know, coaching classes, you know, we wanted to really embed ourselves in these communities that we built and yeah. it allowed us to learn fast, you know, instead of, instead of having all the anxiety and making all the mistakes on the branding and the equipment and the logistics, yep. we learned so much faster because we were able to have all that kind of given to us and then it was up to us to build the systems and and create the community and make the mistakes on from a business standpoint and from a leadership standpoint but learn fast in a marketing standpoint of course and um i just think it, it not having any i would say formal business um education or experience that is that's a really good way to start out you know I agree. I mean, the franchise model is proven. I mean, that's why McDonald's is successful. A lot of, a lot of fast food restaurants, they're all franchises. Plus it gives you mentorship, right? You have yeah. headquarters, you have those people. It gives you a pro- proven business model. Awesome story. So now you guys own what, three locations currently? Yeah. So now we have, yeah, we have three locations. I have, we have La Jolla uh, and then we came up and we opened one here in Hermosa Beach and then we opened one um, in East Hillcrest, back down in San Diego as well. Nice, nice. Yeah. So we talked about this before we we came on air today, and I want to I want to dive into this because we're currently still involved in this, you know, lockdown pandemic craziness yeah. that's going on in the world as we record this. And I want to talk about I want my listeners to hear, like, I mean, you know, you guys own gyms. Gyms got shut down. They're still shut down. So talk about you know, first of all, your thoughts, what you're going through, and then how you have the fortitude to be like, all right, we got to pivot. We got to figure this out. We're not going to let go of our dream, right? Yeah. Because you were faced with a decision to either just kind of, and I know now by talking to you, that's not you, but I think you were faced with a decision like, well, shelter in place and hide and and hope and pray, or I'm going to use profanity. Fuck that. We're going to go on the offensive and we're going to figure out a way to keep taking care of our clients and keep our businesses alive. Yes. (laughs) 
Oh, the big deep breath for this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mate, what a wild ride it's been for the last, you know, two and a half-ish months, two, mm -hmm. two and a half months since they shut us down. Um, never in my, you know, I know it's probably people mm. say this stuff all the time when, they, when, the, when the world hits a recession or something. Oh, I didn't think it would happen to me at this stage, but I was, we were not ready for a recession in any way and mm. we were not ready for something to affect our businesses that much that we had to close the doors we were not set up for that you know um and so that really really shook us orig originally when we realized we were going to close it so we saw what was happening in china we were definitely we were fast to act but we were still naive we should have acted way earlier than we did so um, i was doing a lot of research on the industry and what what I was seeing, and I obviously listened to a lot of podcasts and industry uh, experts and professionals in the space that I'm in as well. Mm. Um, so, and just listening to their words started to really get the wheels turning of how we're going to figure this out. And then all of a sudden, you know, we were like, we were working, and we were like, okay, we're going to actually have to close the doors at some stage. And it was like, wow, <laughs> how long for? You know, what, what does this mean? You know, X, Y, Z. And, and I, I touched on it earlier. I use mentors a lot in my life. Um, I've got some really solid mentors that I go to for advice. And this was one of those times. And I, these guys are extremely successful. They've also been through multiple recessions. Um, and, they've, you know, they've lost everything and they've come back, you know, tenfold. So I went, I reached out to them. And one of the big things that they kind of said was just like, okay, don't make any big decisions right now. The big, one of the, one of the things you need to focus on is, you know, do you have the capital to last you X amount of time? If you are closed and you have zero revenue and you still have all your bills, how do you get that capital if you don't have it? And, um, and, and then the other one was like, just slow everything down. Like just slow your decision-making down, slow your actions down and really just take a step back get some space, breathe and look at the big picture holistically, you know? And so that's, that's exactly what I did. Um, the first protocol was just to reach out and see what capital we had access to in case this thing lasted for a year and I still had rent and everything to pay right. and payroll and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then the big thing was, okay, we now, we can, we're not going to shut down and then just stop servicing. We have a thousand clients, wow. um, which is a lot of people to service, just, just under a thousand clients. And, and I have a team of 30 to look after as well, you know? So we were like, okay, we're not going to shut down and then just stop servicing our clients. We are going to pivot into an online model, which is going to allow us to provide, you know, daily workouts. Um, scalable workouts so that people can do at home, but then also have coach live classes. Um, and so have a, a roster of live classes each day so that we can continue to have a community feel, right? And so what we did is as soon as we found out this was going to shut us down, we started working on that model and we were like, all right, we're going to, we're going to be shut down, you know, next, next week. And then all of a sudden, well, we might be shut down in by the end of the weekend. And then all of a sudden my business partner calls me up. He's like, oh, we've got to shut down today, if wow. not tomorrow morning, first thing. And then we looked at the, uh, the press releases from the city and it was like, we're, we're closed right now. So it came on very quickly. We thought we had more time, but within 48 hours, we had, you know, a new model, new platform. Wow. And we had, we had, 
retained about at that stage, about 75% of our clientele onto this new model, which is like 700 um, odd people. Yeah. From the, from the start. So we pivoted, we, you know, again, we didn't have all the answers to this new model. This is a complete shift in my industry, in the industry and a complete new way of, of doing business. Um, so there's no, there's no one to model. There's no business model to model. There's no one to replicate and just, you know, change and, and do it our way. So we're, we're just, we were just going with it and creating all the, the processes and the steps and, you know, the features and the way we're, we're operating as we go um, mm-hmm. and finding out what works and what doesn't work. And for the first, you know, two days, we, we pivoted everyone, put everyone on that platform. For the first couple of weeks, we made a lot of progress. and then we just, we got on a hamster wheel, I feel for, you know, the next four weeks where, you know, we got to a point where we were able to start servicing people, but then because it's this, this concept didn't just evolve from, all right, we're just going to do this until the pandemic's over. Right. We realized that this is an actual, a better business model than what we had before. You know, it's, it's lower overhead. Mm -hmm. We don't have lease. We don't need a space. Um, we don't have all the expenses that we have and, but it's, and it's a high profit margin, but it also allows us to service a global market instead of just our demographic. Right. Um, so that's the exciting thing that has come out of this. And once we realized these are the benefits and that it was very possible for us to build a very fine tuned, high standard, um, product, and service that global market and service any demographic as well. Like not just um, <clears throat> any, any kind of clientele from, you know, the, the hit training client kind of clientele or the corporate clientele or, you know, the, the stay at home moms or the semi athletes. We have a concept that serves every single demographic and we're now connecting coaches from all over the world, certifying those coaches with our certification and then allowing and then connecting them with clients and giving them clients and allowing them to build their own online business using our platform, our branding and our systems and processes. Because what we saw was that gap. It's like every single gym is out of business right now. Whether you go back in business in a month or in a year, it doesn't matter. Everyone's out of business, right? Yep. And that means every coach is out of business. So unless you're already an online coach and you were doing significantly well, it's very hard to build an online business. If you don't know how to operate a platform, you don't know how to market, you don't know how to, you know, build retention plans or client pathways or communicate through, um, through any online portal effectively, but deliver something that's of a a higher standard. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, that was an opportunity that we saw and we uh, we know there's a lot of coaches out of business that are great coaches, but they don't have the skills or the knowledge or the experience to build themselves out an online business. So we basically find these coaches, we certify them using our, um, for our virtual platforms to our standard and our systems. And then we connect them with clients uh, based on the client's requirements and the coach's um, experience and, and skill set. So, which is, which is amazing. So it's like a brokerage platform. Plus we provide the workouts and the coaching and the programming for individuals and athletes globally as well. 
So while you were talking about it and you were like, you know, and then we just came up with this whole new business model, dude, it gave me chills because <laughs> seriously, like I, I got chills because you hear stories like this. You hear stories about after the Great Depression. You hear stories about after World War II, after, you know, the Great Recession of 2008 and nine. And I love this because you guys didn't just fucking hide and be like, shit, what's going to happen you know, and I want to ask you this question and I'm going to get to it, but I just, I love it because you guys are like, no, fuck it. We're just going to adapt. We're going to figure yeah. it out. And that's a lesson for everybody who's listening. Like fucking there's a will, there's a way like go for it. Don't hide. Love yeah. A hundred percent. It is, you know, you, if fuck, I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't even be in this position having a conversation with you. If my mindset wasn't that from the start, like the amount of, adversity the amount of bullshit throughout this entire last four years has been unbelievable and i haven't even like begin to scratch the surface with you there on the amount of um the amount of hoops and the amount of punches that we had to cop throughout this this journey and and it's not it's not of significance compared to anyone else else's success journey by any means like but in the what in in saying it the only way to success is you know is through the hard way and through mm -hmm. the hard times and um you know it's it's you have to persevere but you have to learn to just overcome and you have to pivot if you need a pivot you have to think what direction is going to be you know you're going to get that the best roi the best return on your on your time investment or your energy investment you know and um and that was basically just come off the back of not letting anything stand in our way in that retrospect and not taking no for an answer and you know having one thing on our mind and that is the vision you know that mm -hmm. is the goal and that is to keep pursuing you know success and and to keep providing for our community it was a huge thing and, and our and our um our coaches as well and it's like we've got people you know at this point in time you have people that rely on you for um community and uh, you know for our our workouts but our, the biggest thing is the sense of community at this point in time for people is mm -hmm. huge and the human connection is obviously what we thrive off and that's something that we pride ourselves on on the way that we have built each of these uh um studios out it is just a community-based feel so we feel like we have a, a an obligation to make sure that we continue to do that and do that to the best of our ability and that's kind of where that sprung off is like, no, we have to service this clientele and we have to also make sure that we can keep our coaches um, on board as much as we possibly can, you know, and, and that, that also in itself has been a very tough thing to yeah. do and have those conversations with some of the people um, in our teams that we, that we can't um, continue to have on board, you know, mm -hmm. just because of the, the current situation and the financial situation. So, so, you know, a lot's come out of this. A lot of learning as well, man. It's 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 been constant learning, um, and it's been a huge. I would say the the learning that the what I've learned over the past year specifically is how to lead properly, mm. and how to be a better leader, and how to how to really get your team on board with your vision and your goal but also how to you know lead effectively and that's by switching that mindset from being a boss and i learned this the very hard way and we you know i've always been very good to my people but we've also 
I've had, I've gone, we've gone through some people just because of the expectations are so high, you know? Sure. Um, but when I switch that mentality from being a boss to a coach or a mentor mm. for my team, um, game changer. Oh, that's game a big changer. lesson for everybody. It's a huge lesson. Um, it's actually by far one of the biggest things I've learned in the last mm. four, four to five years is, is that one thing is like that mentality flip from, from boss to mentor. Um, and you work for your team, you know, they don't work for you, you, you work for them. And it's your job and duty as a leader to facilitate a container of growth. I love that. And, and allow your people to grow and give them all the tools and um, support that they need to grow as individuals. So that's a, that's a big one there. there you that's go. that's good, good, good <laughs> stuff, man. Just dropping nuggets of knowledge. <laughs> So, you know, before I, because I want to talk about, you know, RBP, but I want to just say is what I love is that you guys were faced with adversity. I mean, look, this isn't, this wasn't a recession where business slowed down. It was like in one fucking day, the light switch is off. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's nothing that we've ever experienced, at least in our lifetimes. And so what I love is you guys, you overcame it. You figured out a way to push through and continue to stay in business. But here's the best part. Also, you're helping other people, these coaches around the world, you're helping them stay in business and make money, right? So you're not just helping yourself, you're helping others too. It's just, it's fucking inspiring, bro. I love it. Love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. It's, um, you know, that's, that's what gets me, to be honest with you, what gets me out of bed in the morning is kind of just pursuing exciting you know companies and experiences and but also it's like and you and you know me is my my passion and my energy kind of comes from the realm of you know business strategy and and human optimization but also you know human potential and really helping others become the best versions of themselves to put mm. in a little cliche way but that's it you know what i mean like not only do i love you know, pushing my potential and, and seeing what gets me going and what drives me and, and optimizing my lifestyle and, and behaviors, but also allowing others to do that and, and mentoring others and, and giving people the tools where they can improve their performance in their business and life. That's where my little passion sits and this is it, you know, and this is what I found allows me to get up and just keep going every morning and, uh, and have I a love crack. It. All right. So before we, I know we're going long here and I hope you have a little more time because I, I definitely want to, all right, I'm, cool. I've got all day. Let's, awesome. Let's awesome. So here's what I want to say for you guys listening and, and Luke, I hope you're okay with me saying this, but I think it's a compliment to you, which is look, here's a guy who left school at 16 years old. He didn't go to university. Yeah. He didn't go to college. A lot of people, Luke, use that as a crutch. They use it as an excuse like, well, I can't do it because I didn't go to college or I don't have the education. Yeah. You're self-educated, but you pushed yourself and you're a freaking smart guy. Yeah. I mean, thanks. Uh, first and foremost, I appreciate yeah. that. It's, it's, um, you know, where I'm from, it's going to college or, or university specifically where I'm from, isn't a huge, uh, there's not a huge culture for it. And mm. most, most people, they go off and most people do trades and, uh, in Australia, when you're a, so it's a contractor here or builders in Australia, but we do, we actually do quite well in these professions in at home and they're very high paid. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, 
you know, push to go and do those and not, you know, utilize those, you know, four or five or six years in college. So that was the path that I took, but I was just never kind of satisfied with the, uh, the jobs I had or the positions that I had, but I was always learning, but I was always just pushing myself to learn more um, and to grow, you know, and I think the decision to move to the States was based really solely off that really just desire to grow and to build success. And I knew that coming here would allow me access to the people that I could really learn from and really kind of higher level business um, in general. And I knew that by coming here, that would be something that would allow me to grow into the person that I would need to be to kind of um, take action on, on my dreams, you know, and my goals that I have. I love your story. And, I love it because here in the United States, we've transitioned to a place where everybody thinks like you have to go to college, you have to get a degree. Tradespeople are a dying breed here in the United States and we need them desperately. And I just love your story because it's proof that, look, you don't have to go to college to be successful or smart. You can't, the resources are out there for you to learn and to be successful. So thank you for inspiring. I want to talk about results-based programs and what that is and, and, and that next project you're working on. So let's, let's just jump in and go through that and, you know, yeah. talk about it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we've kind of been touched, we've kind of touched on them for the last yeah. 10 minutes or so. And it is the, you know, the idea is the global leader in uh, virtual coaching uh, delivery and our standard and our delivery systems are a cut above the rest where we're doing and creating some software um, and systems that don't actually exist yet um, mm. in the space and which is kind of why it's been holding us up for a few weeks but uh, once we realized that this uh, concept had a lot of scalability and we were actually going to be in the position that we're, we're in with our current businesses right now for quite some time. Um, a lot of energy has gone into this business and a lot of, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes. As I said, it's been, it's been, it's been a really kind of a growth um, experiment and there's been a lot of trial and error. And when we make mistakes, we just pivot, you know, that's what we do. But this platform is, is going to allow um, coaches, as I said, to become in, get certified to a standard and learn how to deliver the highest possible standard in virtual coaching. And then we're going to be able to connect those coaches, whether they're athletes or whether they're just your day-to-day individuals trying to um, improve their uh, overall performance. We're going to be able to connect those coaches with, with the right kind of clientele across so many different playing fields. And we have actually had the opportunity to work with a number of kind of high level athletes and teams in the football and the rugby space. Um, as we scale this and we learn and provide those athletes right now that don't have the means to be in, in a team environment, they don't have the means to be with a coach and do any programming or and, and get their workouts in inside a gym, we're providing those people with programs right now for their sports-specific requirements as well, which is really exciting. And these guys are, you know, they're still making that progress. A lot of people have just had or, or are having, you know, the their longest off season or preseason to date ever. Yeah. So, but a lot of them don't have access to the training and to the coaching. Um, and, you know, because either it's at a high cost or they just, they can't get there and they, they don't have access to the coach. So 
we've been servicing a number of these athletes and with the uh, intent to really grow this out globally and service athletes from all over the world with our high level coaches and um, also the everyday individuals, you know, connecting those guys and building a really big online community for people who want the, the results-based program. You know? I love it. That's uh, awesome. Have you guys thought about uh, having some things that you can offer to people like, you know, um, things that they can buy from you guys and get shipped to their house, like bands and different things they can do home workouts with? We, we definitely have. Um, that's something that will be down the track is some branded equipment and all that. But for now, you know, trying to, a lot of those things come from China branded and yeah, yeah. the, uh, the yeah. hold up with those logistics right now is pretty significant. Um, and so what we've done for our clients that we are servicing is we've not only have we leased out some of our equipment from our studios, if they're immediately in our demographic, cool. but we've got very creative with the workouts that we're doing for them at home. And these workouts allow for a lot of scalability. So you can come in, you can have absolutely no equipment, do our, one of our body weight workouts, which mind you are, as I said, results based, you mm -hmm. know, so these workouts are designed to get your results still at home. They're not designed to just get a sweat on and make right. you feel good. You're actually going to still build strength, still get leaner um, and still improve your performance. So we're, we've got scalable workouts. You can use anything from body weight to bands to some, to dumbbells, kettlebells. And then even if you've still at this point in time, haven't purchased anything, we've got, you know, some ideas for you to use some home-based equipment or homemade equipment. Um, but it's proven to be a, a great um, concept so far. And the clients that we have that, uh, that we've converted from the studios onto this platform um, are loving the platform and they're loving the workouts. Awesome. And, you know, and it's, it's good to still keep these communities and, you know, and when our gyms go back open, those clients will transfer back over to the gyms, but we're also going to have, this other model and this other concept that we are, that we've offered that we're going to offer to the market yeah. on a global scale. Yeah. I mean, on a, on a, on a personal level, on a, on a business level, you guys have created another revenue stream, which is absolutely amazing, right? You've taken this hardship and turned it into something positive, which I fucking love. Yeah. But you're helping people too. Now you can reach more people. You can help more people get in shape, stay in shape. You and I talked about this before we came on air is that, you know, what we've seen with this virus is that people got to start, stop eating shit food. They got to stop laying on the couch and binge watching Netflix. They got to start taking care of their body. You got one body, as you said, right? Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, you get, you, I said it before, you get one vessel, you know, yeah. and why, why destroy it slowly? You know, the big thing with nutrition is you don't see unless you look closely, the effects that bad nutrition has on, on, on the body, you know, because it's all in, a lot of it's internal, right? So you don't see it. It's a slow decay of, um, of quality of life as mm. well. And people don't realize that. And, and especially in the United States, you know, there's the obesity here. It's huge. But what you need to realize is the it affects every aspect of your life. You know, whatever you get in is what you get out. If you're eating good nutrition, um, if you're putting the, the nutrients in your body that you need specifically for your body as well, a lot of people get the whole nutrition thing wrong. and think it's a cookie cutter and it's like, just don't eat carbs here, eat fats here. It doesn't work like that. You know, your, your body reacts to different nutrients, completely different to the next person, you know? So 
Um, and if you're putting the right ones in, you get so much more out of you, not just your life, but every aspect. Um, and it's your energy that you can focus on with your projects. You can focus on with your relationships. It's, it affects your happiness. It's, it's just a holistic look at the way that you are as a human being, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think the important thing to say is, <clears throat> excuse me, is that you can't do any of this stuff if you're not healthy. You can't build your businesses. You can't pivot and create an online business, right? You can't do any of this stuff if you first and foremost aren't healthy. And that's what we're finding during this time. So, but I, I want to talk about something because I don't want to keep you forever. Dude, you, you have such mental toughness, okay? And I want to talk about that because I think what we've seen here in society during these last, I don't know, what are we like 62 days into this thing? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I think, we, yeah, I think what we've seen is that a lot of us here in the United States, and I can't speak for outside of the United States, but I think a lot of us lack mental toughness. You know, I think we've had a stretch of time that has been so easy here in the United States, especially since, you know, 2009 through, you know, February of this year, all we saw was an economy growing, things going up, m money making, you know, buy whatever we want. I think we just got lazy and I, I want to hear you talk about it, but I want to talk about mental toughness because dude, you have such great mental toughness. How did you develop it? And what would you say to somebody who maybe doesn't have it? Uh, good. Very, very good question. It's, <clears throat> it's such a significant um, factor when it comes into building you know, a personality or building success in anything is you need to have that mental toughness in a few different, you know, facets. It's more, you know, self-discipline 100% is the key to being able to actually, you know, execute anything properly or create anything and achieve anything. You know, you need to have self-discipline and there's so many ways you can have that. And it's, it's more, for me, the power of habit is huge. Mm. And I use the power of habit. Most people see that I post quite a bit on it, but it's because I know it's the one thing that can change your life. There's, there's such a difference from being reactive and proactive, right? So being reactive, 97% of the population um, are reactive. So meaning you get up in the morning, your alarm goes off, you throw a coffee on, you have a shower, you get your clothes on, boom, you're out the door, right? And that day runs you 100% completely. Mm -hmm. And your mindset is reactive all day. Whereas if being proactive is where you are in control, you actually own your day. You set the tone and the energy that you have for the day. And by doing a, you know, by doing a set, kind of set routine in the morning and creating a like a, a set of habits that you go through each day that allow you to really create just it's all about energy and creating an energy that allows you to be clear be focused and most of all obviously be happy and productive right and and that's something that I practice every day and I have done it for years and um, it's a it's been a game changer for me but it allows me to make, make sure that I have the right energy to attack my day and own it. And um, as I said, I preach it quite a bit, but the power of habit is everything. And that is a, a self-discipline habit um, or a self-discipline area that 
I think a lot of people don't utilize and they don't realize how powerful it actually is, yeah. you know? Yeah. But the mental, the mental toughness also, it's, it comes from perseverance and knowing, you know, belief. The big thing is having belief in myself. I believe a lot that I have the ability that I need and, or that I will find the ability to make the things happen that I want to make happen. So that allows me to really just push through adversity with that same mentality of like, no questions asked. This is what I want to do. This is where I'm going. Um, and whatever happens along the way, I'll, I'll overcome that and I'll find a way to get around that. And I think over the years, it's just, it's grown into this. And as I've gone through that process, you know, if people haven't gone through that process themselves, it's very hard for them to see mm. how powerful it is and what you can actually accomplish, even, even starting from absolutely nothing, you know? So once you go through that process and I'm, fuck, I'll tell you what, I've been through, I've been through the ringer, man. It's, it's like <laughs> so much bullshit along the way. And every single time it was just not, like now, like look at the problems we have right now. And it's instead of harping on the issues, it's like, all right, fuck, what's the solution? Let's go. And yeah. then figuring out a way around that. And that just comes from, I suppose, consistently having that perseverance mindset, you know? I think it's, while you were just saying that, I, I think it's, your mentality is I'm not waiting for somebody to do it for me. I'm going to figure out how to do it myself. And I think a lot of people in our country here in the United States they just want to sit back and, and let someone else do it for them or someone else take care of them. They want, they want to have just enough mental capacity. Like you said, get up, shower, coffee, out the door, do their job, come home. Right. Yeah. And you know what I, what I hear you saying, and this changed my life after losing my daughter is developing a morning routine, right? I get up early, I work out, I listen to something that feeds my brain while I work out, I journal, I meditate, I take a cold shower and you know, the other thing I've heard said about developing mental toughness is it really is, and this is what you have and what you've done, whether you did it intentionally or not, is make commitments to yourself and keep them consistently. And by doing yeah. that, you earn confidence. Yep. It's earned confidence. It's a freaking badge of honor. Yeah. And it's, it, <clears throat> it goes back to those, that morning routine is not just a routine for you. It's like, it's a set of things that you have already achieved before you started your day. You know, yes. you've accomplished something and subconsciously that triggers, yep. right? And that yeah. puts you in a state where you have that energy, where you can attack your day, where your, where your actual, you know, um, happiness is also there, but you're clear, you've got more energy and, um, and you know exactly what you need to do for the rest of the day. Whereas if you just kind of, get out of bed and, and go through the motions, motions and let that day run you. It's a complete shift in, yeah. in what you're actually capable of, um, of producing for the day, you know? Yeah. And I think it affects everything. I mean, it goes back to nutrition, right? When you're letting the day run you, you just eat whatever's in front of you because you're not focused, you're frazzled and, and you just let everything dictate to you. So I and love the power of habit. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. So as we wind down, I got a couple last questions I want to ask you. So what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, shit. <laughs> what profession other than my own would I like to attempt? This is, this is completely um, 
completely left field from from your perspective when I say it, but this is something that I was I was actually going to architecture. So nice for years. So before I quit school, I originally I was going to uh, go to university to study study architecture. I wanted to be an architect. Um, I love design. I love creativity. I love buildings. Um, and I love home design and all that sort of stuff as well. So architecture was a, was a huge one that, that I was going to pursue. And I, the, the only reason I didn't, and I kind of look back at it now, it sounds stupid, but I realized so in Australia, you need a seven year degree mm. and then, and then at seven years, you're not all that you can't get your architectural license for another two. So it's a nine year degree in Australia. Uh, yeah. So for me, I weighed up the option. And whether that was to go out and work and earn money at a very young age um, and learn um, or to study for nine more years or seven more years and then work part-time for another two. So uh, great decision on my behalf right now, but yeah, architecture. Yeah, I was going to say um, whether my opinion accounts or not, you, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I appreciate 100%. that. I, I, I definitely... That has that has been the feeling for for the last few years. Is yeah. I feel I feel very aligned. Yeah, um, which is extremely important. You know. Yeah, you are living your truth, brother. As I like to say. All right. So, this this transitions perfectly into this question. I only got a couple more. So, if you could go back and talk to your sixteen year old self, what would you say? Knowing what you know now. Oh. <laughs> Um, if I could go back and talk to my 16 year old self, knowing what I know now, it would be to, to pursue what I wanted from the start. Mm. So be very true to yourself, find out, you know, what it is that I want, find out what I'm good at and I'll try the hardest, like 16, you know, you're so young, but try your hardest to align those two things. And then to find a mentor who has achieved what you think at that point in time you want to achieve and then study the mentor and then also study their process. And if that's, if the process is something that I want to, that I feel like I have the ability to do or that I feel like I, I want to do and I want to put myself through that process, then do that. Mm. But if the process, if I'm not prepared to do the process, then I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah. All right. So a great answer, by the way. I love it. Probably one of the best yeah. ones I've gotten. Oh, there you go. Um, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Ah, oh. <laughs> uh, you lived, you lived, you nice. know, you lived openly, you lived fully um, and you, you lived in every way you possibly could. Yeah. And you are. All right. So, um, I usually ask where our listeners can find you online, but what I'll do is I'll put it in the show notes, like send me all the different things and I'll make sure that everybody listening has access to find you because I yeah. think you have some amazing resources. Um, and so dude, I just want to thank you before I ask my last question. I just want to thank you for coming on, dropping so much freaking knowledge and being so such an inspiration. I just, again, I'm, I don't want to harp on it, but I love the fact that, you know, in this time where so many people are suffering, you guys were like, fuck that. We're not going to, you know, we're going to take this shit and we're going to turn it around. And I commend you and I'm, I'm honored to speak to you about it, man. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's a, it's an honor to be on here, man. I'm, I'm stoked you asked me and 
you know, anytime I get to share my story and as you said, like help, you know, push people to pursue their greatest and their dreams. And this is the way you do it through, through these channels. So I really appreciate that. Uh, You're doing it brother. So last question is what's the mark you want to have on the world? The mark I want to have on the world is why I said it. And it's, it's like, I want to build exciting companies and experiences Mm. to the point where they have massive impact and they, they are, they are, they allow people to really um, pursue their greatness, obviously. So yeah, to, to build um, exciting companies and experiences that have massive impact. Yeah. You're doing it, man. You are doing Thank it. You. Keep crushing it. I would love to have you back in the near future again. Yeah. Thank you so much time guys. If you enjoyed this, please like it, share it, comment on it. And as I always say, it all starts with a decision. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the daily decision. If you like what you hear, please do us a favor, share it, like it, subscribe to it, tell your friends about it. And remember, it all starts with a decision.